I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Joining me today, as always, is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi, Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? Good. Just relaxing on this Sunday morning, the last Sunday before the highly anticipated cats. Yeah, it's almost time for cats. I'm very excited. I need to get my tickets, actually. Yeah, and I just feel like, you know, all of us have been waiting for so long. I mean, we had the musical, and, you know, thank God we had, like, the video from the musical, but we have never had a movie. And we are getting the chance to get our movie with Idris Elba, Jason Derulo, that dude from that late night show, Taylor <laughs> Swift, James, James Corden. Corden, James Corden, who's in literally everything. I feel like every like musical or like kids movie he's in, like he's in that Trolls movie. He was in that um, one sing along Disney movie with like Anna Kendrick and Chris Pine. I'm forgetting the name of it. And then I think Meryl Streep was in that too, but he's in a lot. And Ian McCullen is in this, and Judy Dench is in this. Yeah, and um, Taylor Swift, she's in it. She just turned 30. Happy 30th, Taylor Swift. I hope you had a fun, aggressively festive Christmas party. Looked fun. I lost my invite so i didn't know where it was did you see the picture of her terrifying cat cake (laughs) yeah oh i wonder if it tasted good you know i always wonder about those heavily creative cakes and if they actually taste good i'm sure like some of them do but I don't know. I'd rather just have like a really good cake with some nice buttercream on it. Like so much of those are just covered in fondant and fondant is not tasty. Yeah. Like I don't care about the cake. Just give me give me good food. Like if it's if it doesn't look the best but it tastes the best, I'll take it. 
Yeah, well, a lot of times also with those fancy ones, I mean, some of them are good cakes that you eat, but uh, like if it's a huge party or something, then there's the fancy cake, and then in the back there's just like sheet cake that they're actually cutting up and serving. Yeah. Yeah. I watched, um, because I was just been watching competition shows on Hulu, and they had a wedding cake one that I watched like six episodes of in two days. That was not very good, but I watched compulsively. So, like, what makes a good wedding cake? Well, in this one, because, you know, like a lot of these competition shows, there'd be, like, the faster challenge and then the more in-depth challenge. So the first challenge would be they would have some sort of theme that they'd have to make a wedding topper. Mm-hmm. And then the longer theme one, they act, they would have actual couples to come in to describe like their dream cake. And they did, they did actually focus on the cake itself. So it wasn't just talking about what they wanted it to look like, but also talking about the flavors they wanted. And they definitely, um, like when they were doing the judging, were judging it at least partially based, based on the cake actually tasting good. Thank God. It's so important to have a cake that tastes good. You know, like, I can't remember the last time I went to a wedding and ate, like, good food. Like, it's impossible. Like, I want my wedding to be that. Like, screw everything else. I just want everyone to eat well. Yeah. That's what I want to be remembered for. And then, literally, Emily, I will come up to you, like, every 15 minutes and be like, how is the food? Be honest with me, please. (laughs) It's shit. Oh, no. That's I am, my goal. I am actually going to go see cats, though. I might. I'm hoping that it pops up, that the, the Alma Draft Hugs gets it, and then I can buy um, get it on my season pass and not actually pay for a ticket. But if that doesn't happen, then I'm going to go see. There's, It's not selling that well. The, the showings that I've looked at in New York, none of them are sold out. You would think that'd be the place where it'd be sold out, too. Yeah, like, and I'm not talking about, you know, like a 1230 on a Monday showing. The, the 7 p.m. Friday night showing at the AMC on 34th Street is not even a quarter sold. That's not good. I think they overestimated how much people care about cats. Well, I mean, I know that there's another movie coming out the same around the same time. So I, I would assume that any competition against that other movie would be like not that great. Just like how like another Alvin and the Chipmunks movie came out at the same time as like the force awakens and like terrible that did in the box office. Yeah. I think maybe they thought they were doing counter programming, but it's not a movie you can counter program against, especially not with cats because 
I realized cats ran forever. Mm-hmm. Because it was, but that I think was because the show was a spectacle. Like everybody knows cats for the crazy costumes and everything like that. So you were seeing a show. So it's a show that was kept alive. I mean, pretty much entirely because of tourists. And in 2019, maybe that does not translate to a large box office. I think it translates more, unfortunately, to like memes because a lot of people have given shit about you know the cost or like this tgi or like you know like how like the little details like how they had hair on their hands you know it's well because they look terrifying yeah and ugly like honestly i think i would like it better if they had just done the cat's costumes just do the the stage. I mean, obviously, you want to make them a little bit better, but I think the, all that CGI and the weird scale stuff they were doing uh, was maybe a mistake. Just like Sonic the Hedgehog and how they made him look all weird. Yeah, I mean, what is your opinion on cats? Oh, like, are you a big? Oh, um, I, I just, I don't think the songs are good. Even "Memory," which is like the song that everybody knows, I think is not a great song, but it's, it's the only song that's even remotely memorable. Well, except for Jellicle songs for Jellicle Cats, which isn't memorable so much as will get stuck in your head because it's horrifically annoying. <laughs> but what about you? I mean, I've never finished Cats because when I was in sixth, no, when I was in seventh and eighth grade, during rainy days, we would sit in the classroom and watch cats. And class only lasted for 45 minutes. And for some godforsaken reason, we would always start at the very beginning. When, like, even if the rainy days, like, lasted, like, two or three days. Like, I only know the first 45 minutes of cats. That's pretty great. So I have no idea what the fuck happens. I don't even think memories in the first like 45 minutes. Like all I know, all I remember is a black stage and then just cats just like frolicking around. Yeah, that's the show. So I'm very curious on what this is all going to be. And, it, you know, like they have some great actors and performers in this movie so it's such a shame that <laughs> but i don't know i mean taylor swift seems pretty happy about it but she likes cats so i don't know like it should be fine i guess I mean, we should ask eric eric is probably going to see this movie a couple times yeah that's a choice yeah
But yeah, I'm I'm excited for the movie. I, I keep checking my phone to see how full the theater is. And it's pretty full. So I can't wait to enjoy cats with hundreds of people. <laughs> people in cat costumes. I wonder if everyone's gonna dress up like as, you know, that cat or the fierce cat or the the funny cat, you know, like you you never know. Would you dress up? No, I don't like cats. <laughs> but still, like, it's like you're going to a costume party. It's like you got to dress up to the costume party, you know, because then you're just going to be like Les, who doesn't wear a costume to the costume party because Les never wears costumes to the costume party, you know? I'm Okay, but the cat costumes are fairly involved. Yeah, but I mean, like, you just put on some cat ears and call it a day. No, I feel like no costume I have more respect for than no thought at all costume. But, like, you could put so much thought into the cat ears. Like, you go on Etsy and get these, like, creative, like, calico cat ears, you know. And that could be your costume. Like, put on some makeup, like, make your little nose and then, like, little whiskers. And, you know, like, you could be a cat. I guess. My sister's dressing up, I think. I think she wants to have Rusty dress up too as another cat. Yeah. What cats are they gonna <laughs> dress up as? Um the main cat and then the supporting cat. I mean most of the there's a lot of supporting cats. Yes. There are. Um, I mean, that's the other thing is it's not like it's a really tight story or anything. I mean, who knows how they're doing it in this movie. But the stage musical is a cat sings a song and then another cat comes in and then that cat sings a song and then some more cats come in and they sing about how they're jellical cats and it's the most annoying song possibly in any musical. And then like another cat comes and they sing about how they're sad to be a cat. And another cat, uh, they're singing a song about how he's a magical cat. And there's a song about the cat who's super cool. And then, and then, then there's the, the like memory. And then there's some more songs about being a cat. I don't even know how this ends. So I am going on a trip when I see this movie. Okay, I won't give you any cat spoilers. Thank God. Because I'm having to avoid cat spoilers online. Because you know how people are. You know, there might be like some new trailers that pop out. And it's like, I don't want to see the trailers anymore. Like, I've already seen everything I've needed to see. I've seen Taylor Swift, you know, tap on the catnip and James Corden dance. And Idris Elba also dance. So I think I'm good. And I don't even know their names at this point. Like, I don't even want... Like, all I know is Bomberina. And I think that's Taylor Swift's character because she talks about it all the fucking time. But other than that, I have no idea of any of the names of the other cats. So that's why, you know, when when my sister and Rusty, you know, dress up as the certain cats, I'm not going to ask their names. 
I'm going to watch the movie. And then afterwards, I'm going to be like, oh, you're that cat. It all makes sense now. Okay. I will I will support your spoiler-free cats viewing experience. Thank you. But I'll definitely... Because I, I know that we'll probably see cats around the same time. So I'm going to... I'll text you afterwards just asking if you've seen cats. So I can yell about some things about cats. Okay. And, and about you just... The uncertainty of cats. <laughs> yeah, that maybe cats isn't isn't gonna go the way we want cats to go. I mean, you, I don't even know at this point. I don't even know how it ends. <laughs> uh, how would you like cats to end? Um, I mean, I just want all the cats to get along in the end. Like maybe something like. Like I know there's probably gonna be like the the battle of the cats. Like you know, the cats on this side and the cats on this side are done. They wanna fight for their right to win or to party. And I think I don't know. And then there might be like another cat that's kind of like controlling the other cats, like they're all puppets, and then like the, the cat on the good side and the cat on the bad side have to like figure out something to like get rid of the puppet master so like they kind of have to work together but that's the thing is that I don't even know how what's going on with cats you know so it's like I don't know who's good I don't know who's bad and then like there might be some like supporting character cats who like I don't know, like, we're talked about before or we're in another Cats movie. Like, are they going to be in this movie much? Like, I want to know if they're in this movie because I'm going to be sad when I get out of the Cats movie and people are like, where's this cat? Like, I've been highly anticipating seeing this cat for the past two years and I didn't really see her much. Like, I just want everyone to get out of this and be happy and I don't want a lot of stuff happening that's bad. What about you? Um, I'm happy to see that one cat who was in one of the older cat movies, who in the past two cats movies, everybody was like, hey, where's that one cat who we really liked? Why isn't he hanging around anymore? And I'm glad that he's <laughs> back. And I hope that they don't kill him because he's a really good cat. And I like his cape. So I'm, I'm hoping he stays around. Um, I, I hope Taylor Swift's cat doesn't turn out to be related to any of the other cats. Because I think at this point, that'd be pretty bad storytelling and is unnecessary. She can be her own cat. And I think, I think it's important that she's her own cat and that her like super cat powers are not because she had like special cat parents. Yeah. And then I also hope that that one new actress cat isn't related to, you know, the cat that's coming back because, you know, we should believe that cat. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to be annoyed because it's like, I like, I, I don't know. I just I feel like I'm going to be played in that area. And like, 
I know that some other things in cats are going to excite me and, you know, make me feel motion. But it's like, I don't know. Like, all the cats don't have to be related, you know? Yeah. Has, yeah. like, just because there's the one Kyoko cat and the other Kyoko cat, I don't want I don't want the new Kyoko cat to be the old Kyoko cat's daughter. Yeah. I think the, I think the cat's universe sometimes feels a little bit too small. Yeah, and then there's the bad cat. Like what do we do with the bad cat? Do we kill the bad cat? Yes. Do Yeah. But like you know how there's something called cat demption? Like what is cat demption? Like sure like you know this one this one cat from a long time ago, you know, technically had cat deption, but what is cat deption? Like you do a bunch of bad shit and then you do like one good thing and then that's like, oh, that's cat deption. Like, I don't know. Like, is that considered cat deption? Like, yeah, I think if you uh, are basically a participant in and a leader of the fascist cat Nazis. It doesn't matter if you turn against them at the very end, like one bad cat guy. Like, I don't think that absolves you. And so I I don't need any of that nonsense. Yeah, and then... And then Bad Cat, a lot of people think that Taylor Swift's cat is going to get with Bad Cat. And, you know, there's like a Taylor Swift song that like that's called I Knew You Were Trouble. And that that Bad Cat is trouble. And I don't want Taylor Swift Cat to get into that kind of trouble because Taylor Swift Cat is better than that kind of trouble. And, and Taylor Swift knows that. I know that. We all know that. So. Yeah, and I don't want any stupid shit where, oh, the love of Taylor Swift's cat st- saves the bad cat. Because if if the, the evil cat is going to, quote unquote, be cat deemed, which I don't think can actually happen, but I think the movie will try to tell me that he is then that is something that cat needs to decide for his own cat self. Because not only because I think it's just lazy storytelling to be like, Oh, I'll say by the power of romantic love, but also I think it's a really bad message in terms of all the little girls who are, and, and guys too, who are watching the Taylor Swift cat to, to, to have that message of, Oh, if I just love this bad person enough, I can change them. It doesn't matter that they literally tortured me and tried to kill all of my friends and family and told them and told me that that he was the only one who loved me and cared about me and everybody else thought I was nothing. If I just love him hard enough, then then he will be a good cat. That's that's the thing is that's everyone thinks that that's like cat demption, you know, the whole 
like I gotta save you I love you but like why can't we just accept that some cats are bad and we can't do anything about it like I know like I'm a fixer like when I see a problem I want to fix it but I'm not going out of my way to be like I'm gonna change this person I'm no cat I'm gonna change this cat I'm gonna make this cat be able to fetch and go on walkies and I don't know like do some other you know cool cat things like I'm not gonna do that like if I see that my cat is perfectly content and not trying to run away and get into fights with other cats which the motherfucker did the other night had me scared at work because Rusty called me and said hey beans is in a tree and then I'm like what no and then I call my sister and she's like, no, he's hiding in the bush. Beans got in a fight with another cat, which Beans has never had interaction with other cats. Because we, we, we adopted him and then he lived with us and he's an indoor cat. So he's never seen other cats. And then, yeah, we had to have my mom and dad brought dinner. My mom had to come back and rescue Beans. And thank God it was a safe rescue so yeah but anyways back to the cat demption like i don't know i don't i don't think that that cat should be well here's the thing is i feel like that cat has been given many many chances and i think he has gone beyond his ninth life in terms of chances to not be an evil fascist cat and every time he has chosen to be the evil fascist cat. Like, even when he killed his uh, cat, um, what's the word? Like, mentor? He killed his cat mentor so he could take over the cat universe. So it's not like he did it because he thought, I'm going to kill this evil cat and then be good. Like, he killed that evil cat because he hated that evil cat. And did it for his own entirely selfish reasons. And then, you know, we also forget that Bad Cat killed Cat Dad. And killed a bunch of different cats on different, you know, cat places. Like, he killed the, the, cal- like the Calico Cats. The... Yeah, he, like, was in... When, when he was in, t- in the Tabby Cat Village... And then told his army of of cat soldiers to wipe it out. You know, and you know that point where he killed his cat master and helped Taylor Swift. Like for a second, I thought this is cat redemption. Like cat is redeeming cat deeming himself, but then just he's started fucking up more and then it's like no like this was your moment to come out and be like i fucked up i cat fucked up but no it just all these continuing things and i don't know what's gonna happen i don't know what's gonna happen to bad cat but you know i i know i'm easily influenced and you know something that I'm talking about now could happen and I could be okay with it. But then it's like, I get out of the movie then I see all my friends sad that cat did this cat did that Taylor Swift did that. 
and I don't know. Or it's going to be like the last cat movie where, you know, we all really loved it. But um, some people that prefer dogs um, didn't like it. And they're going on yelling at all of us that, you know, dogs are the, the superior animal. Where, why can't we just like both? Why can't we just like cats and dogs? But I don't know. I mean, then there's there's still people out there that after these two years, you know, they they say they that dogs are better, and I don't know. It's complicated. It is. But I don't know. I'm excited. Um, Carlos is taking the train down to come and see cats with us. We we have this like pre cat ritual where. You know, we go to this, like, nice little burger place. So when I get a chicken sandwich, the chicken sandwiches are superior there. And then we are going to go see cats. So that should be exciting. And then I have that, took that Friday off because it's a whole cats weekend. So it should be, it should be a good weekend. Full cats. That sounds fun. Yeah. Have you prepared for any, like, pre-cat rituals? Like, are you going to, like, uh, bring some kitty kibble with you? or? Uh... Well, I'm going to a theater that serves food and cocktails, and they have a special cat's menu. So I'll probably order some stuff out of that, because they generally have... Have you seen the cat's menu yet? Yeah, it looks really good. Ooh, you're going to have to send me that. Actually, I had something off the cat's menu... When I went to see the new uh, Safety Brothers movie with Adam Sandler, Uncut Gems, and I had the I had mm. a pizza that it's like a flatbread pizza with um, pear and bacon and blue cheese, and it was excellent. Maybe the best thing I've ever had there. That's a combination. That's cool. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm hopeful. Um, I'm just I'm I'm eager for your reaction of cats, of course. And I don't know. I just uh, are you doing anything after cats? Are you are you recording any like uh, cats? reactions um i have don't have anything lined up right now we have to figure out when we're recording our cat reactions because the three hour time difference makes that a little bit difficult to do it like that night what time are you watching cats that night six so okay yeah me too three your time so you're already going to be done with cats when I'm sitting down watching cats. Oh, my God. Oh, that makes me nervous. I'm oh. going to tweet you a whole bunch of cat spoilers. Like right oh before you God. go into the theater. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting at the train station for Carlos to all these cat spoilers. Oh, my God. I can't imagine. I mean, there's already cat spoilers online anyways, and I think they're going to have the big cats premiere soon, so I don't know. But that's the thing is that I think last or um, 
Last time a big cat movie came out, um, I kind of went on lockdown, but I mean, nothing's inspired me to go on uh, cat down yet. I have I have some stuff muted on Twitter, but that's about it. Me too. Like I have obviously cats muted. Um, Taylor Swift cat me muted. A uh, bad cat muted. Um, the name of the cat's movie muted. You know, like I, I'm working hard. Yeah. So I'm hoping that like in the next couple of days, I don't have another thing where like I'm podcasting with Steel Saunders and he fucking drops a fucking spoiler on me about cats. Ugh. Steel Saunders. He's pretty excited for cats. Yeah, I hope he likes it. He will. He has to. I'm excited to see his review because I, I know how much he loves cats. I mean, he has Jerry. So Jerry's a very good cat. Mm-hmm. And he has all that, like, all that cat's merchandise that he has for his son. Who's also a cat. (laughs) 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 He's he's getting getting a pretty big cat. Like, I've seen a lot of pictures of him, and I'm like, oh my god, he's getting so big. Yeah, he's like a person now. Almost a person. He's still a cat, but, like, almost there. (laughs) And then Raja's cat is getting big, too. Like, oh, my God. Raj sent me a picture of his cat the other day. Really? Oh, he's so cute. Raj doesn't send me cat pictures, but, I mean, I see the cat every other week, just about, so. I know. We were driving the other day, and he's like, I'm not sending cat pictures to this person or this person. And I'm like, oh, he cares about showing... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nope it just he, he just enjoys sharing his cat with the world he's a cute cat very cute cat he has very very pretty eyes oh my god i know because I, th- I think they they that both araj and lorena have brown eyes so i was wondering but no they're like a like a bluish green yeah He's a good cat. Has a good sleeping schedule cat. Sleeps throughout the night now cat. Is, you know you know when like, the cats like you know wake you up in the morning? Like That's what Beans does. Beans wakes you up every morning at like 4.45 and is like begging for food because apparently Beans is starving. Like no Beans. You have food laying out all over like probably in like five different places of the house. But Beans wants that specific wet food. Cats are just so, but they're worth it. Um, well, do you want to talk about Star Wars? Because um, I, I think that there was a new episode of Mandalorian that just dropped on Friday. Yeah, there was. Chapter six. What's it? What was this one called? The Prisoner. Prisoner. What did you think of this one? Dude, forget everything I yelled about last week. Like, we're back on track. Yes, good. Me too. I was wondering if we were about to have a fight. 
No. Oh my God. No. Like everything about this episode was just chef's kiss. The, the music was, I think my favorite part of this whole episode, like how haunting it was. It was pretty good, but um, I was entertained by how you said that on Twitter that you wanted to have sex with this episode. I did. Well, yeah, because the thing about this episode is it is it's just playing with some of my absolute favorite tropes. Um, because it's it's like a prisoner breakout movie, but with Star Wars. Yeah. All the characters were great too. Um and the the cast of this episode is crazy pants. Like it's nobody it's nobody huge, but if you're at all into character actors, it's so delightful. First you have Mark Boone Jr. who is playing the guy when the Mandalorian comes in to wherever that ship or station or whatever is. He's uh, Ran. That's Mark Boone Jr. He was on Sons of Anarchy for a long time. And he's uh, he's in Batman Begins. He's Gordon's like corrupt cop partner. Sounds about right. And... I just I su- like I, he's delightful and also he is basically playing kind of like a space biker in this movie. Like he's still got his huge Mark Boone Jr. beard that he definitely had in in Sons of Anarchy. You watched Sons of Anarchy? I watched the first couple seasons before it sort of went reel off the rails crazy how did it go crazy i mean it just got like really convoluted and weird and like the number of biker games and corrupt politicians and corrupt police and it just it got to be a whole lot but no i started watching it because i really really like uh ron perlman Hmm. and i and i like Katie Siegel and I think the first I think I dipped out after season two hmm. who else was in it because I, I recognize some faces but I'm not sure where I've seen them from okay so um, Bill Burr who is a stand-up comedian who was also in Breaking Bad is the uh the the main guy the one who's in charge yeah so that's Bill Burr um mm-hmm. the devil guy is Clancy Brown who first of all did Voices in the Clone Wars. Yeah, I recognized that voice. But was also, I mean, somebody who's been in a, in a ton of stuff most recently. Um, he's been in the past, I think the past two seasons of, two or three seasons of Billions. 
and just tons of TV work, but also was uh, Shawshank Redemption and mm. uh, like Pet Cemetery too. And he's a good, he's a real good asshole. I fucking love Clancy Brown. Uh, Natalia Tina is playing the um, former girlfriend of the Mandalorian. And that, of course, is Tonks from Harry Potter. Hmm. Let me look this up. Tonks. Oh! And then she was in Game of Thrones, too, right? Yes. Playing the, like, the wildling who gets taken back. I loved her. Yeah, she was cool. And then the droid Zero is voiced by uh, Richard Adewati, who is a British actor, um, has written some a couple of like film commentary books. He's into like memoir things that are really interesting. Um, he's very funny. Uh, was in. A hilarious show called The IT Crowd, which unfortunately was created by a huge asshole, so it sort of ruined the show for me. But he's very, very funny in it. And I like him a lot. And as soon as I heard his voice, I'm like, that can't be Richard Iwadi, because Richard Iwadi being in Star Wars is a step too weird. But then it was. <laughs> he has a very distinctive voice, so. What a cast. Yeah, and somebody described it to me as this is being being like Star Wars Suicide Squad. <laughs> but better. Well, yeah, I was I think they were thinking more like the comics and not the movie. But it is it is sort of that thing. And it, it like that's just a cliche trope that I really like, which is a whole bunch of bad guys coming together to do their little bad guy mission. And then there's got and then there's like double crossing and stuff. Yeah. Now, okay, let's talk about Baby Yoda and the Baby Yoda childcare that's happening. We need to call ba- child yeah. Baby Yoda Protective Services. Yeah, because not only did was he easily accessible, but he. Fucking fell. He fell. Look, look, baby. What are you doing? I mean, babies fall. Babies get hurt. But but it was like a chew toy. You heard it squeak. You heard him squeak. I mean, there there's a lot to unpack here. And I don't know. Okay. Obviously, maybe just don't I realize he needs he needs money to take care of himself and baby Yoda. But you got to figure out something else to do with this kid than take him on a mission with you. And then, but I feel like he just had him sort of locked in a cupboard. And yeah, it was in the, like, it was a night he had a blanket and it looked like he had some other food and stuff in there. But you can't just lock your baby in a cupboard, even if you're trying to hide him from the bad guys you are doing a job with. Yeah, because those are some bad motherfuckers. Like, they're going to find, they're going to find you. And... Does he not think about this stuff? Does he not think that, oh, like, I need to 
you know, make it comfortable for Baby Yoda. I don't know, like put him down for a nap during all this shit so that, you know, because he was wide awake when that little door opened. I mean, maybe, maybe have an excuse ready when the Baby Yoda is inevitably discovered. And the, um, the other bounty hunters, or I mean, I guess they're not bounty hunters. They're like criminals. They don't seem like legit guys. They think it's his pet, which is slightly hilarious because it means that they think that the Mandalorian is the type of guy to A, have a pet, but also to put that pet in a little pet sweater. Yeah, but Bill Burr's character was kind of an asshole, like insinuating that um, the Mandalorian was a gungan and started speaking to him, like, and like kind of. Uh, well, very. That actually was interesting, though, because that means that either people don't know or because, I mean, beyond just like Mandalorians taking off their helmets and stuff all the time and Rebels and and Clone Wars, that maybe you're a Gungan thing would would make it seem that it's very at least assumed that Mandalorian isn't a like a species or a nationality because if you can be both a Gungan and a Mandalorian like that that means something different hmm so i thought that was an interesting like, we've sort of been getting... Like, we know he wasn't born a Mandalorian. But that that's still... Like, the definition of Mandalorian is still pretty fucking murky. Oh, I did like when they're doing the character introductions. And uh, Mark Boone Jr. says that Bill Burr used to be an Imperial sharpshooter. And Mando's like, that doesn't mean much. And Bill Burr, f- like has that it wasn't a fucking stormtrooper guy that made me laugh it was maybe a little too meadow but it was also funny i thought it was kind of funny how he said that uh the razor crest looked like a canto bite slot machine <laughs> that was good too <laughs> and i'm like hey that's me i'm a canto bite slot machine and also this episode definitely i mean we've we've been thinking of the Mandalorian as sort of this like yeah he's a bounty hunter but he's a pretty noble bounty hunter and he didn't he didn't turn over baby and well he briefly turned over baby Yoda but he doesn't go out of his way to be a bad guy or to kill people and we kind of like him but he used to run with these criminals and Seems to have done some pretty fucked up shit. And has a pretty dark reputation. Like, not just a, oh, he's a really good bounty hunter reputation, but, hey, this guy is like a cold-blooded asshole reputation. Oh, I'm not surprised about that at all. I, I think it's interesting because he's the lead character on a Disney show. Yeah, but maybe Disney's like, hey, 
Um, I think they're kind of using Baby Yoda to kind of like soften him when like realistically like he probably used to be a cold blood killer. Probably still is. Yeah, I mean we know he doesn't know. like he doesn't like seem to feel very bad when he has to kill people, but being a gilded bounty hunter seems very different from what he whatever he was getting up to with these guys. Yeah, but was he, like, he obviously was part of the guild when he was hanging with these guys. Like, did his, like, seriousness with the guild just change him? Or, like, why did he leave? Or, like, was he doing that to stay in the guild? Like, we don't know. It was just, like, the way they the way they t- talked about him was very much, like, I don't know. Like how they you would also just talk about your other criminal asshole buddies. But he's still a mystery. And that's what I really like about the Mandalorian is that we don't know much about him still. Right. Except he was definitely banging that woman, right? He was doing something with her. She seemed pretty heartbroken. I mean, she didn't seem happy, but I mean, I yeah, I loved her though. I loved her. She was great. I liked her little throwing knives. Me too. Oh, that she was a lot of fun. And I liked all the you know breaking into the ship heisty stuff that they did. And the hacking the computer and everything. I think that the um, New Republic security droids looked a little video, video gamey, though. Yeah, they were a little bit silly. But I did like the scene when he was fighting the whole bunch of them. And I also liked the scene when Clancy Brown threw the one, like the big bulky one, into the other one. <laughs> That was awesome. And I like when the droid is back on the ship figuring out that something is up with Baby Yoda and then is hunting Baby Yoda through the ship. And Baby Yoda knows enough to hide. Which I thought, yeah. Yeah, smart. Yeah, so not, like, it's more... Like, uh, yeah, uh, we're still not firm in what this age equivalent is. Because he doesn't talk. And it seems very much like an infant, but, you know, has knows when the Mandalorian is in trouble and needs him to use his force powers to help. And also knows when and how to hide from a droid who wants to do something nefarious with him. I didn't like that droid from the beginning. I knew that the droid was going to try to do something to Baby Yoda, you know, because he was trying to um, get that message from Grief Karga. I think it's his name, yeah. right? Yeah. I love at the end when Baby Yoda has his hand out, trying to, to like, force push the droid away and then 
when the droid gets shot from behind by the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda looks down in his hand like, holy shit, did I just do that? <laughs> I thought he did for a second. <laughs> oh, man. I thought that was very cute. Yeah, I thought at the end when the Mandalorian was taking off the little ball and threw it or gave it to him and he's like, I knew that was a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. I like that. I also like the whole... Okay, so after... When they get the prisoner out and they betray the Mandalorian, I the episode from there is so cool because you, the, you sort of have it where the Mandalorian is almost like a Jason Voorhees or something when he's just hunting these guys down and picking them off one by one. Uh, especially the, uh, the last one, I think it's, I think it's when he's, is it when he's behind Bill Burr when it's doing the strobe light effect? That was amazing. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. So he keeps like, you kiss the lights are going off. So you see him and then you don't see him and then you see him again. It's very horror movie, but you're, hero the mando is the is the horror slasher villain that was sexy <laughs> like uh and then uh, my only complaint which isn't really it's it's kind of weird like i mean you would think after all of that like they'd all be dead but they weren't like they were just like locked up in um the little cell which I don't know, because, you know, when he kills Devil Guy, like, you see the doors close, and you assume that the door, like, close on him. And you're like, oh, my God. And yeah, he was actually just still alive, and just the door was just closed. I don't know. Yeah, that goes, and that's why, you it, you know, he's not just the cold-blooded murderer guy. He kills me when he has to. So that does, again, and it goes back to, okay, so what? when he was running around with these people, why did he decide to leave and what change him? Cause he like used to be one of them. Yeah. I mean, they were obviously pissed about that too, because you know, they locked him up in the fucking jail cell for God's sake, you know? Well, I, I mean, it seemed like he was responsible for the Twilight brother getting imprisoned. You think so? That was my understanding because when when she, they're first with when he's first meeting everybody and Natalie Tina comes out and they're they're like talking about him. He's like, oh, out, you know, like you sort of seen what he did on, you know, on such and such planet or whatever the line is. But, you know, some job where he did something like cold blooded. Yeah. And so that was like whatever to. whatever that job was is where the brother got imprisoned and it was probably Mando's fault. But he's been in prison for that long. I mean, how long are we talking here? I mean, at least a couple years, but not necessarily. I wouldn't say it's like a decade or anything. Did you recognize the um, the New Republic soldier? I didn't. Like, I read that it was the dude, but no, I would have, like, I don't know what that guy looks like. 
I recognized him. Like I know, like I know that face of someone. Because I feel like lately, like the more emphasis on like a character, like a known character, I'm like this has this is someone. Yeah. So, so it was. I'm not surprised. No, it's um, it's Atlanta. Yeah. But and then like the the and of course the pilots that come in at the end are the you know directors of the show, but. I loved that. I thought that was a little bit much. I mean, Is he- yeah. I mean, partially the problem. Like, I think it would be it would have been more okay, except like with um, the other two. But Filoni is just so recognizable that I found it distracting. Dave, if you're listening, this is all I want. Just you and X-wing, not, not. Not some fuck boy sitting in Han's seat, or someone saying that someone has the high ground. Like Dave, this this is this is it. That that's it. Like you've done it. Good job. That's it. Like just stop right there. Like, like you can do you can do references that are just less, you know, awful. Like do things like, hey, it's one of the devil guy aliens. That's cool. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I got really excited when I saw that um, the prisoner had the little tracking beacon thing. Oh, yeah. And that all the all the X-Wings, like, flew from out of hyperspace. Like, oh, my God. That was uh, that was great. And, yeah, Dave is really recognizable. But, like, <laughs> he plays. He's he's a good rebel. <laughs> he, he fit he fit in perfectly with the. In the X-Wing and everything. So I thought that was fine. I have to say, when they kept talking about the prisoner and when they were on the ship, I'm like, okay, we're finally, we're finally going to get Moff Gideon. And then we didn't. And I was very annoyed. I was hoping that the prisoner was actually going to be someone or like, um, I don't know. I'm throwing like Boba Fett because that's like a character. Like, I don't know. Like, just I knew that Moff Gideon wasn't going to be in this one. I keep saying maybe the next one, but I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't know, though, but I already missed Gina Carano. I hope we see her again. But I'd like um, to see a character again. I would like to have some continuing characters on this show, please. I like the Mandalorian, like the character, and I love Baby Yoda, but we need somebody we can actually like see and and talk to, because Mando is so reserved and stoic, and there's only so like he's adorable with Baby Yoda, but he can't have like a conversation with Baby Yoda. So, yeah, yeah, please, God, bring Gina Carano back and, like, let them talk to each other. Maybe that just shows that the Mandalorian is just a quiet guy, quiet introvert, doesn't like talking to people, but he just chats away with Baby Yoda. Yeah, but I want characters on this show that I can care about besides Baby Yoda. Emily, is Baby Yoda not enough for you? No! no I want a character with, like, a story that we can find out and tell and who has personality beyond being 
the most adorable baby that ever lived. Yeah. I guess. Um, so, out of all the episodes, what has been your favorite so far? Um, I think from pure enjoyment levels, probably this one. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best episode so far, but it's been the most fun for me. I think the best one is probably the one when he, um, turns over Baby Yoda and then fights him back. Yeah, that was a good one. How about you? My favorite is still Chapter 4, Sanctuary. Like, I, I've watched that one the most, and just everything about it, like, the aesthetic and the acting and the characters, like, I just, I have a soft spot for that episode. This one was really good, too. This one's probably my number two. Uh, well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else from the episode I really liked. Um, I loved the, um, I think Zahn was her name, right? Possibly. I loved when uh, Zahn was um, going at the Mandalorian during the haunting Mandalorian getting everyone thing. And just like the the score during that like it was just oh that's that's my star wars just that whole that whole montage of him getting everyone like that's oh so good i'm happy after last week you know i was i was a little nervous but we got there. Yeah, now we only have two left. Oh my god. What are we going to do? I don't know. I don't, I'm going to be very sad to not have the show every week. Well, we'll have a shit ton of Baby Yoda merch because that's apparently when it's all going to start being sold is next year. and It's not coming out till May. Yeah, it'll come by fast, though, and then May will be over, and then it'll be August, and then Autotopia. Star Wars Celebration Autotopia. I'm not going to so. respond to that. <laughs> uh, well, have you bought a bunch of Baby Yoda merch? Yes. All of it? Not quite all of it, but a lot of it. I didn't buy the electronic one. And one of the little two packs of the mini ones, I didn't like, so I didn't get that one. Hmm. But I got the plush one with the final head, and I got the Black Series figure, and I got the other two two packs. With, like, the little mini Baby Yodas in different poses. Nice.
I haven't gotten any baby Yodas yet because I haven't seen any baby Yodas that like catch my baby Yoda attention. But I don't know. Maybe soon. Oh, and I also pre-ordered a hat that just says directed by Ryan Johnson. <laughs> That's pretty good. I love it. They also do one that says produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Oh. What kind of hats? Just like baseball caps. Baseball caps. Are you I like nice ones? Are you like a baseball cap girl? Not generally. But the one that's directed by Ryan Johnson, I ha- I could not pass up. That's funny. Um. Well, speaking of Kathleen Kennedy, do you want to talk about that um, article that was just put up about? Yeah, she just did an, uh, an interview with the Los Angeles Times. Um, and it's mostly, it's mostly talking about sort of how they're figuring out where Star Wars is going next. Um, it's a lot of stuff that we, you know, they know before that we know they're taking a break and sort of figuring out what the next step is after the Skywalker's trilogy is over. And she's quite candid about... Uh, I don't want to fix this. We're literally making this up from whole cloth and bringing in filmmakers to find out what these stories might be, Kennedy said. It can take a while before you find out what direction you might want to go in. We need time to do that. And she says that she doesn't think that we've seen the last of the characters that were introduced in the sequel trilogy. Um... But also that they they need to move beyond trilogies and be a little more open to storytelling that doesn't lock you into a three-act movie structure. Wow. So, you know, maybe one day we'll see like a standalone movie with Ray or something. I mean... I feel like not that we have to, but because I was kind of I was kind of scrolling a little bit and, you know, talking. She was talking about like how she had asked uh, Bobby I about, you know, pausing and she had to get his approval. So. This is all because Disney owns Star Wars, so all of this is being controlled basically by Bob Iger. So well, I, I would say with things like. Do we have a movie coming out next year? Well, yeah. Because their schedule has to fit in with all the other Disney movies and stuff like that. So that that's not surprising to me that he would have the final sort of say on that. Like he's not getting involved in you know what stories they're telling necessarily but hey you know this billion dollar franchise you have we're not going to do a movie for three years would definitely be something he a decision he had to be involved in 
Yeah. So, and then they also say that the next film is expected to arrive in 2022. And um, Feige has an idea for a movie, but it's in the early stages. And then, of course, they say that Ryan's developing more Star Wars films. But also, they still aren't specific with that. They're just saying Ryan's working on this. I mean, they're not specific on anything. And I I, I don't think we're going to get any specifics for a while. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, we know... We know they're working another season of The Mandalorian. We know... Uh, Cassian and Obi-Wan both start filming next year. Yeah. But the movie's no idea yet. And, I mean... Partially, I think that's... That even if they knew what the next movie is they're not going to tell us because they don't want to interfere with rise skywalker but also they're like i feel like maybe they finally realize they need to be a little bit more careful in the announcements (laughs) yeah maybe since things have gotten canceled so much yeah I don't know. I just hope that they're better or they get better. Because uh, it's hard when something's announced to believe that it's going to actually happen or not. Yeah, and she actually, she comments on on that in this article just talking about how, I mean, things change all the time, but Star Wars is under so much scrutiny that it becomes a much bigger deal when you get like, the directors changed or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Um, do you want to get to some voicemail and email sure okay we have a voicemail from rick b you want to do the voicemail song voicemail we have voicemail singing the voicemail song because we have voicemail voicemail mail by voice it's voicemail oh wonderful all right, um, Rick says, uh, apologies for the quality, but I had to get these thoughts out. All right, downloading. All right, here it is. Hey, um, Emily and Rick, canceled by dispatchers all around the world, wherever you are. Um, it's Rick outside of Chicago and, and, uh, I'm uh, driving home from work, and I'll try to keep this brief uh, as much as I can. But uh, I was listening to Steele's latest chit-chat that you, Emily, were on with um, Hawes and and Robbo. And, you know, I got to that point in the show, Emily, where um, 
disappointment and also your, I guess, your, your passion came out very loud and clear for me. And <clears throat> I just wanted to say that um, it made me think about my own place as far as representation is, is concerned and how much what you said means to me. And it kind of put things in a different context for me. And I, I wanted to share it with you. But, um, you know, you came out with your heart on your sleeve and, you know, with your posts that you had put out um, earlier in the week concerning, you know, the issues with Finn and Poe. Um, you know, it wasn't something that I had really given a whole lot of weight to. Um, not that I didn't want it or anything, but it wasn't anything that I had put too much stock in. Um, but I do understand why it matters for people to feel like they're being seen or being heard or being represented in a fictional universe. Uh, it's not a fictional city. It is a universe filled with millions, potentially billions of different people or species or creatures or, or, or what have you. But as you were talking about it on, on Steel Show the other day, it made me think about it in context with myself and as I do with Star Wars, how I relate things to, um, to my son, who's you know just shy of 10 years old now. And, you know, when we were at Celebration, and, you know, I was lucky enough to, to meet both of you there briefly. Um, you know, I had people, you know, jokingly come to me and maybe not jokingly, you know, hey, it's Cassian, it's Cassian, because, you know, I do have that jacket that's, that I love and I wear it all the time. Um, and people saying that I look like uh, Diego Luna, which, hell, that's, that's a hell of a compliment. I'll take it. Um, but now, in, in as fun as it was at the time, you know, it wasn't really a cosplay, but in retrospect, you know, I, I, I think about it in light of things that have happened in the last week and how people have been kind of voicing their concerns about representation. You know, for my son, you know, he may have just saw it in the moment. It's just like, hey, my dad is wearing a costume. But, you know, there's something for him, for us as, you know, for myself being a descendant of, you know, Mexican parents, Mexican immigrant parents, uh, maybe it says something to my son more than it does to me that, you know, I do look like somebody on screen, you know, that people took notice of. And it's kind of taken on a whole different level of importance now. Um, and it's, it is something that I do talk to with my son about, you know, having different voices on the screen or, you know, different types of people on, on screen or in different stories and not just in Star Wars, but all over the place. Um, and, you know, he's of a generation where, you know, gender and sexuality identifiers are not the same as it was for people like me who, you know, grew up in the late days of, of Gen X, um, you know, or for people older. He may not have those same concerns, but I, I do still want it to feel like there's an importance to it at this stage in his life so that it becomes a normal for him. And, you know, a lot of that came out of, of the things that you had said, Emily, um, as I was listening. And, you know, I, I felt terrible. Um, like I wanted to reach through my speakers and give you a big hug. And maybe that's weird because, you know, I don't know you as well as some of the other listeners uh, do. But I, it, I had a hurt for you. And I don't like 
feeling like, you know, friends of mine or acquaintances of mine are, are going through it. I've never liked it. Um, and so I empathize and, it, and I feel for you and I know how important it is for you uh, and for a lot of people to, to feel like uh, they have representation in these, in these, in these stories. Um, so I, I just, I wanted to put that out, uh, to you guys. Um, and as far as representation goes, I'm going to make it a little bit lighter here. I am offended, Brittany, at your treatment of Mexican food. How dare you? <laughs> burritos ever done to you? <laughs> I'm joking. You know, I'm joking. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to get some thoughts out there and, and let you guys know, uh, Kind of where I stood with that, so I'm sorry if I kind of rambled for a little bit, but I just wanted to, again, make it known that um, you were most definitely heard, Emily, um, and I know that there are a lot of people that listen to that episode that um, probably feel the same way that I do or that you do, and, and um, we all matter. So um, I'll, I'll leave you guys with that. I don't, I don't want to take up any more of your time, and I, and I hope. Everything is going well for you um, as we're in this last week of um, major hype for the Rise of Skywalker. I know I'm excited. I know my son's excited, um, and I'm sure you guys have your levels of excitement, too. So can't wait to hear the next show. Um, I will most definitely be in touch with you guys throughout the course of 2020 as I was this year. Thank you for a most excellent podcast, and may the force be with you. Um, first of all, thank you. Uh, it's, it's been nice to, uh, to experience the support that I have since, uh, talking about this on Steel Show and also when our last episode dropped, it's been very, very encouraging. A lot of people have reached out and I really, I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you, Rick, for sharing sharing your own experiences with with seeing how how this stuff does matter. I'm glad that your son has a character like Cassie, and I hope I hope it's not you know the last one. I hope I hope it's something we can when do we continue to get. Uh, like you said, it is a whole it is a whole universe we we have here that we can that, that stars can play in and it really it really should be a continuing and ongoing thing and not just a well we have Cassian so we don't we don't need any other representation there let's move on to the next thing and and check off the next thing so hopefully hopefully we get more of that i i think that definitely last week everything and just it's so important and it's it's amazing seeing everyone you know come together and and support you Emily and support something that's so so important and I don't know it it just it still sucks that we have to deal with these problems and I I thought Star Wars was better than this so I don't know. I just, I hope for improvement. I hope for, I, I hope for a lot, but thank you for the voicemail, Rick. Yes, definitely. Thank you. Um, 
I'll read the next email. It's from Jim. Um, dear Canto by Dispatch, I want to thank you for the last episode. Star Wars fandom can bring us a lot of really great things. So when it fails us, it hurts so much more. I don't know what cats will bring us this next week and if it'll be any good, but I hope you know that your that your podcast has brought joy and happiness to a lot of people, including this guy. Maybe cats has failed us in regard, but it's good to know that there are those in the fandom who haven't. I'll see you on the other side of the movie. Your Kento bitch, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. You know, I, I think it was someone replying to um, the episode or something, but maybe it's, do, do you, I mean, obviously it, it is Lucasfilm, right? It's not Disney because you see Marvel and you see all the different characters they have and, well, you know. I mean, Marvel hasn't really done it yet either. And we're, okay. we're supposed to get something in the Eternals but that is a I'll believe it when I, I like I'm not holding my breath on that since the last time we got it it was like dude in the background yeah was like, yeah, like that, that's been their queer representation so far yeah hmm. but on the other hand I do think that if Lucasfilm really wanted to do it, I don't know if Des- if Disney would des- necessarily kill it, you know. Like I don't, I don't, I don't like I, I don't. It's it's hard to know. I just think it's interesting that that Oscar Isaac was really pushing for this, and yeah, they ignored it. And, like, from what I've heard is fairly, like, also, like, a lot of the subtext in the Resistance Reborn book. So, they've, you know, they've let that narrative be pushed because it, you know, people really loved it and people really liked that pairing. And then it's, oh, but we're not actually going to show it on screen. So while I don't, I definitely don't think it was queer baiting from Oscar or John, I I do think it was from, I mean, whether it's Disney or Lucasfilm or who, like, it's, that's too um, opaque to know what the deal is there. But They were they were perfectly willing to have the subtext that brought out a lot of fans and made a lot of noise for them, but then won't put it actually on screen. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about Poe potentially having, because I mean, like Carrie Russell, it's been hinted to an annoying point that they used to have something or I don't know like I'm glad that it cool we're having Carrie Russell in Star Wars but like 
did this have to be added? You know? Well, here's the thing is I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it if we got some lovely like pin uh from Finn Poe stuff. I'm perfectly happy for for Poe to be Polly I mean not Polly to be to be um to be pan or to be bi. Like I think either that's like great. But if the only romance he has that they bring in is a woman when they've had all of this potential with Finn Poe, that seems pretty fucked up. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know. Like, not only can he not be with Finn, but they have to explicitly point out that he was at one time with a woman. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. We'll see. Um, how are you doing with that? Like, are you, um, are you still really nervous? Are you like dreading seeing cats? Like, I mean, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. Is there any way I can help? Like, make it like any better or is there you know i mean unless you can like rewrite the movie i don't think so Uh, my writing skills aren't that great but i can see what i can do i can make some calls um (sighs) yeah i don't know just you know i i just want you to have like a good next couple days like i want you to i don't know like treat yourself you know Watch some cool things on Disney Plus or Netflix or, you know, go out to, like, eat some comfort food or, you know. Yeah, it's just, just, you know, it's hard to know what this movie is going to bring. Yeah. Yeah, well... Thank you, Jim, for the email. Um, I think that's it on emails. Um, we had we had a fuck Mary kill. Do you want to do one of those, real quick? Or uh, I mean, we can, but I mean, we're already at ninety minutes. I don't know. It's up to you. Yeah, we could save it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's it. This is the last uh, episode before uh, seeing cats. Yeah, and um, we're gonna we're gonna put this out early, but if you live in another country, it still might be after you've seen cats. Oh yeah, the Australians. Yeah, because they have like I mean, first of all, our you know, 15 hours ahead of us, but also I th- there's, like, midnight showings, which we don't have. Damn. Well. Yeah, I, I hope everyone has um, a safe and enjoyable time at CATS. Um, 
I don't know. I just I just want everyone to be happy and to be with, you know, your loved ones or, you know, have some comfort food or, you know, have something. Have something that reminds you of happiness with you and, you know, to have this journey that you go on and well. Oh, and uh, shout out to Not At All A Monster, Chris Fresh, who sent me a very nice Christmas box that made me cry a little bit and he sent me some cool things one of which was a chronic mask which i did not know exist and it like when i opened the box i think it was like right at the top of it and i think i might have gasped but i definitely then burst out laughing because it is amazing God bless that man. Oh my God! How do you find that? Let, let me let me look that up to see like where that exists. Chronic mask. I think what he said like he had to order it from the UK, and so then like shipped to him in Australia and then shipped to me in New York. Oh no, it exists. You can go to fucking Barnes and Noble and get one. It's pretty fucking great. Oh my god. Well, thank you, Chris Fresh, for bringing the holiday spirit. Congrats on Wrestle Rock. I heard that went well. I mean, it always does. I saw your nice uh, Christmas outfit. Well done. And I'm glad that for a second I had the quote the day until you cr- stole. Or I think. It- what you told a sold out crowd about how Jonesy watches horse porn. <laughs> pretty good. It's true and pretty good. Uh, but yeah. Um, well, Emily, anything else you want to add to God, this is already one twenty two. My God. Yeah, no, um I hope everybody Get something out of Rise of Skywalker. And then... Cats. Oh, yeah, shit. Cats. And that it leads us in a... In a place that has some... Gives us a good closing for Cats, but also still has some good story potential for the next Cats movie. Yeah. Or, you know, a Cats movie 15 years from now when they decide to bring back, like, Taylor Swift. As a slightly older cat. <sighs> yes. Um, well, Emily, where can we find you and the podcast on social media? Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind, and the podcast is on Twitter and Instagram at CantoBitePod, and you can email us at CantoBitePod at gmail.com. Um, obviously we'll be doing a cat's reaction podcast, so send us all your thoughts on cats. Yes. And you can find me on social media as Brittany the Ginger on Instagram. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you when Cat comes out.
Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches all my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brews Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fruishy dude I didn't forget This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Rabia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grosso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and Horse B at Scum and Villainy King Tom Death Watch The most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time so I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without lesson boo This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name Don't feel no shame You love the fun, the games And refresher bangs Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word Maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know Maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts Take your CBD Send in your top three, And you'll always be a bitch like me Get him, Eric